0: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb, Chris Broussard joining me all morning long as we're here for you. Man, we actually we had a really good show. Very excited. Um, Andrew Thomas is going to join us. Offensive tackle, George Bulldogs. Seen as a top 15 pick in a loaded draft for offense. How are you? Good. Um, first, we, we I did this Monday with uh, Jason Smith. Is there something you're doing around the house now that you just either hadn't had time or the desire to do previously?
1: Yes, I've been cleaning up my attic going through all. I got, you know, newspapers, magazines, uh, all types of junk, boxes, just everywhere. It's actually been good to... Um, have time to clean this up and I'm feeling good about it. You know how it is, Doug, in our profession or any job where you, it's a lot of um, mental work for you, your yep. job, mindless work can be relaxing. I used to love cutting the grass in the summer, absolutely, uh, in the off season, you yeah. know, just cause you could do it without thinking. And this is, that's kind of some stuff I'm doing right now. So it's actually been a little bit refreshing once I'm done with all that, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, we well do right I mean I don't know what the time. weather's
0: like there in Southern California. It it turned to be nice like last week it was we get a lot of rain like I'm not going to complain like we get real weather. But now that it's nice every day, um the the walks you take with your kids and yes. with your wife or whatever, like it's a it's a different deal. It's
1: yep. you know you, you I actually took one have yesterday. time. Yep, and and aren't you seeing more people out in your neighborhood than ever before? Yes. Now, my yeah.
0: my neighborhood is generally one in which people, old people walk and people walk their dogs and their their kids. But now you're like everybody's out. Yes. Bike rides with 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 kids and families, whatever, and it, it does feel like there's a little bit of settling into what this new normal is. I will tell you, we got we got we, we've been getting these emails. Now you have two in college, right? Yes. Uh, So they're not actually in college, but whatever. Um, But when you have when they're in school, it depends on the school. But the public schools, we we've gotten like a call every night. It's like, check your email. So you check your email. And every day it's pushed back as to when they expect to be back on campus. Last night, we got the call June 1st. And they got a school in our neighborhood like the end of June. So basically we were told they're not going back to school. You guys figure it out. I mean, we still have the distance learning thing, but it is it, I'm it,
1: surprised that so so school returning to school was an option. Still can still
0: considered an option. Wow. still considered an option. Yes, but it in one day it went from May 1st or May 5th or something like that to then you get a call last night and it's June 1st which I'm sure tonight it'll be, you know what is don't come right. out we, we're, we're good we're good here. but still this is the the new normal. No sports on TV. There was a DACA, an HBO documentary on this uh, FBI scandal following around Christian Dawkins. We'll get to that. the the NFL draft is going to continue is going to go. Virtual draft. Some including Adam Schefter of our old place have voiced their concerns as if there's people just dying in the streets. Uh, obviously, right. it, it it look the outlook is potentially grim, but let's not overdo it. A virtual draft, I, I don't think will will change. It will make the Earth spin off its axis in any way. Um, and and then you had the NFL, and I'm interested in this for, from you. The NFL voted, and you and I discussed this when we did first things first like a month ago, that they're going to expand the playoffs one additional. What is it? it's an additional team
1: in each conference, in each conference, which gives us seven,
0: which is 14 of the 32 will qualify for the playoffs first in terms of expansion for or against,
1: you know, when they first announced it, I felt like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I'm fine. I mean, I think the NFL playoff system is perfect the way it was. And I had no problems at all. There was no, no part of me thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if they had more teams in the playoffs or anything like that? However, now that they've changed it again, I didn't see the need, but I'm fine with it because you still, as you said, it's 14 of the 32 teams. That's still a small, a much smaller percentage than the NBA where they're 16 of 30 and the NHL where they're 16 of 31. Now baseball's 10 of 30. So that's the toughest to make the playoffs, but um, I'm fine with it. I do think it puts, it takes away. It gives a bigger advantage to the number one seed uh, because, as we know, Doug, the last seven years, all of the teams that have made the Super Bowl had the first round buy. So New England never won the Super Bowl without the buy. So now only that number one seed in each conference is going to get the buy. So. I think that is a a greater advantage than I'd like to see the number one seed have. But on the other hand, I can argue maybe that makes the regular season mean even more that, you know, everybody's vying for that number one seed. So uh, I'm fine with it. As long as it doesn't get too lopsided, we've got too many teams making the playoffs. I think it'll be good. Chris Broussard, Doug Gottlieb in
0: for Dan and the Danettes here on the Dan Patrick show, Fox sports radio. Um, I just I I feel like is the NFL watering down the playoffs? Yes, yes, of course they are. You know, another team in it's like they really need, and and Major League Baseball, you know, which which had the fewest number of teams, as you point out, they kind of expanded and they did this kind of fake playoff thing where they had the play-in
1: game, which that's uh, crazy, 162 games and comes out of one. one. Yeah, it's not. But I, if, I do, it's one don't of those things that it sounded, though, huh? Don't you think I now maybe they if they increase that to a 3-game series or something it'd be better, but don't you think the baseball playoffs have improved since they've added the extra teams?
0: Uh I there was nothing in there's never anything wrong with the baseball playoffs to begin with. Um they are they they were good then and they're good now. I don't think that the extra wild card game, the play-in game, I I don't think I don't think that served any real purpose other than making more people, uh, more teams, think they got a shot at getting in late in the season. Like the actual playoffs themselves haven't changed. It it is, and it is right. You you know that keeps you because you still do have that. You know, you still have that. Well, wait, one game, and then, and then there are you know wild cards. If if you're Red Sox, Yankees, or you know, you you know, pick the whoever the second best team in the best division in baseball is. Now you're going to lose your ace for your first series because you got to beat a team that just got in by the skin of their chinny chin chin. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's helped it. I, I'll say this about the NFL. Um, the NFL is is basically they, it's another genius way in which Roger Goodell uh, is going to his career is not gonna it'll be a footnote. The stuff with the Ray Rice and and some of the other Uh, issues that they've had with player conduct which in in truth you don't know if the commissioner should have to deal with but he did and uh, but the the real the real inside baseball or in this case inside football thing on is he's been brilliant at creating revenue where you felt like they were previously tapped out right like remember he he brought back Thursday night football and and then and and while doing it, made them carry it on the NFL network. It didn't go particularly well. Then he made them split it, CBS and NBC. It still didn't go that well. Then Fox actually paid more money. They gave him a better schedule. And you know what? Now it works. Thursday night football is here, here to stay. It's not coming out of the new next 10 years, the collective bargaining agreement, right? So then he's got the games in Mexico. When they've gone off, they've got more games in London. Again, this is just more revenue that's created. And when you start to get tapped out, the only way to get more TV revenue when you're getting ready to negotiate with all these big companies is to give them more product, and that's what they've done. Now, did you see that one? The wild card game uh, will be uh, simulcast, I believe, on Nickelodeon. Do you see that? No, I didn't. Yes, see that. yes, what? The, yes. In an effort to uh, to expand their audience to a younger generation, they're going to play one of these games on Nickelodeon with like a kid style broadcast team
1: <laughs> a kid style bro- why Th- I don't that, know if SpongeBob
0: will be involved.
1: <laughs> As you said that I'm thinking why why does that help being on Nickelodeon but with a kid style broadcast team and you know I'm sure everything will be geared toward kids the entire broadcast. That makes sense, and that's pretty good. And I think, Doug, this is an somewhat of an answer. I I think, to um, the fact that you know, not as many kids are playing football. Correct. Now, as obviously, it, kids it, are it, still it, wildly into football, but as far as playing it, not as many are doing it. Yeah, so, yeah I, it's a good idea.
0: It's an, It's an interesting. It feels like an adult idea telling you what kids are into, where it's like kids are like, yeah, we know football exists. Like we're really well well aware of it. Yeah, um, I, I never had a problem but, but finding it's, football. Right, but it's it's it. You know, it. Uh, they still, you, people are still going to play. I I also I also don't think that's really the demo of kids that are going to that that are going like, to be into it. So maybe that's what they're thinking is we'll expand to that. But you know, kids that are sports kids aren't watching Nickelodeon. They're just right. not. That was my first. They watch thought, like, they they watch YouTube, okay, and they watch sports. And kids that watch Nickelodeon watch Nickelodeon.
1: But you know what makes it – I agree with you because that was my first thought is, well, I'm sure they're just watching it on, you know, Fox and and the other networks that, that air football. However, if the broadcast is totally geared toward kids, yes. that makes it a little bit intriguing. It'll be a smaller part of the audience. But I think that's, that's not a bad idea. And even if it's not getting the kids that may play the game, it's still getting – Kids that may want to be broadcasters, may want to be r- sports writers, you know, are just into it for fantasy. So I-, I think in that regard, it could it's a good idea. No, it's
0: look, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it does open up. Totally different sponsors because you watch Nick. You know, there's right. there's different sponsors. It'll be it'll be interesting though. With <clears throat> you know, uh, are you gonna do you know, kids are by then? Are they gonna be doing vine? Not, not vines. Uh, the TikToks
1: now. Like you TikTok. Know, right? Yeah, right.
0: You be doing TikToks and whatever the the next thing is. uh, I just you know you you I have twin thirteen year olds and a ten year old. If you watch sports and life through their eyes, it's a completely different lens. Just it, it just is. Um, not just their attention span. They're not, you know, w- once they get into Netflix and watching streaming stuff, they're not used to commercials. Right. You know, right. there's just a lot of things that they're not. So, and then, of course, it'll be programmed by probably 50 and 60-year-olds who are going to try and determine based upon their kids and grandkids what kids want to see or maybe what they should <laughs> see. That, that to me, is is super interesting. Um, and then in, in terms of the seeding part, I'm with you. I understand the the stats you're giving in that, you know, last seven years to win a Super Bowl, you got to have a bye. Of course, now there's only one bye. So what does that do to the number two seed? And think of how different this year's NFL would have been. Everybody's talking about the back end of it, right? That the, what the Steelers and the Rams would have made the playoffs. What about the front end of it? Remember the Ravens were the one seed they lost at home. But think of the, th- think of the NFC in that the, the Niners we're really a play away from right. A Seattle had Seattle not completely botched a late game situation at home against the Niners. Um, the Niners have to go on the road for their playoff playoff run, as opposed to they get the one seed. And now the one seed will become even bigger. I I do wonder if it's if it's too much skewing, too much favoring in the favor of the team that ends up with with, with the one seed.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about it, Doug. I mean, look, more playoff football, I think, is great. I I think part of this is that the NFL, and not that they have to take cues from the NBA, obviously, but, you know, Doug, the NBA playoffs is so long. It's two and a half months. Yes. It's like a whole separate season, and, and it is the best part of the year, and they dominate, you know, especially, you know, the first round, which usually isn't that big of a deal is great because it's the big 40 games and 40 nights. You know, that's how it's advertised and all that. And I think the NFL can look at that and say, hey, people love football. They can't get enough. The more, the merrier. I agree with you. You don't want to water down the playoffs too much. But again, 14 of 32, I don't really have a problem with. My biggest problem is exactly what we've just been talking about, is the seeding. I think it's too much of an advantage for the number one seed. Now, as you said, Baltimore just got beat as the number one seed. So it's not going to make it automatic that they get to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I think when you've got seven teams in the field in each conference, and to give the one the one seed that big of an advantage, I think is a little, a little too much. Uh, I was fine with the top two teams getting that. Uh, but just one—it's a big advantage. But hey, it is what it is. And and you mentioned it—I I think last year the NFC was so close. Now, obviously, San Francisco was just a a, a nightmarish matchup for Green Bay, mm-hmm. but otherwise, it was very close. And I think something like San Francisco not getting the first seed—you probably would have had a different team in the in the Super Bowl.
0: All right, uh, coming up next, Chris Broussard, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan, the Danettes here on the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, the, The Miami Dolphins need a quarterback, want a quarterback. The Cincinnati Bengals seem to be in line to draft said quarterback. Should, should Cincinnati trade that number one overall pick? We'll get to that next. With Chris Broussard, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Chris, I don't know if you saw the story of Armando Seguero from the Miami Herald said that um, the Dolphins want to trade up to get Joe Burrow. Now, look, I, I I'm trying to think if there's a Bengals in the NBA or a Bengals elsewhere in sports. And and when I say Bengals, automatically there's going to be people who have this negative connotation about how bad they've been the past two years. And they've been bad, but people forget they did go to the playoffs 5 consecutive years. Right. But they're just an organization that is seen as, you know, frugal to the point of being cheap. They they build only from within. They're not a big free agency team and they'll take because they're going through the draft, they'll dumpster dive a little bit and take a guy who might have a knock against him. If they can get him, you know, in the second, third, fourth round, when they are really a first or second round talent,
1: absolutely. They used the Clippers used to be that team under Donald Sterling. I think they used to be that team, but they all frugality and all that. Now they now the Bengals did win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl, right? Um, And like you said, they did. They were a perennial playoff team at one point recently under Marvin Lewis, but uh, yeah, the Clippers. I mean they they didn't care about. Winning, they just wanted to make money. And I mean, look, remember they signed. They, they had spend. the
0: big Baron Davis and Elton Brand signing, right there. Were there were times in which yeah, they they every, decided every to spend once money. In a
1: while they tried,
0: yeah, they, they did, but they had a terrible reputation in the sport. Uh, not, yeah, being being cheap. Obviously, they didn't have their own build. The building they had was was terrible. There's a, a, a lot. Of, okay, so if we say Clippers under Sterling is Bengals, okay, I'm okay with that. So. Here the Bengals are, and look, it's the perfect storm for them. They need a quarterback. There's quarterback available. He's an Ohio kid, just won the national championship, won the Heisman Trophy, had the best season, maybe in the history of the sport at the position. And and oh yeah, by the way, they they the number one pick now, you're under club control. He's gonna make a reasonable sum of money. Like the whole thing just lines up. Right. Last yeah. year's first round picks an offensive tackle, sat out the missed a year. He's back. They got some offensive line help on the way. AJ Green back. Uh, Joe Mixon, like all, all that stuff works. But if the Dol- Dolphins have three first round picks, it would be a, a colossal trade for the Dolphins to move up. But, and I don't think they will do it. If you're the Bengals, don't you consider doing it?
1: Here's my look, if I'm the Bengals, you got to listen to everything because as you said, if you can get that type of Hall from Miami, then you got to consider it. However, you mentioned the offensive line should improve. They've got some great players, really. A.J. Green, obviously, assuming he comes back the way he was. Joe Mixon is obviously good. you got some really good players at the skill spots. What you need is a quarterback, and you've got a guy right there. Now, if I was confident that I could get Tua if I fell to five, then I would do it in a heartbeat, a heartbeat. But I don't think they can be that confident that they get him. Cause you know, some people still have Washington taking Tua at number two. I don't know if they will. And does a team move up and try to trade with Detroit? I mean, does Detroit take him? But if Detroit doesn't take him, do they trade down and somebody else moves up to get him? You don't have to worry about the giants at four, but that's my concern again. I like Burrow. I don't. I don't know if I like him better than Tua. I think they're very close. I would be totally fine with getting Tua if I'm Cincinnati, but I don't think I can get him at five. So for that reason, if I'm the Bengals, even though I look at the offer from Miami, I go ahead and I draft
0: Joe Burrow. I, I'm I'm with you on on a on a point you made, which is a really good one, which is like, look, if you can get Tua. And I've seen other people, if there's a way in which you can say, all right, Miami, you want to climb up this ladder? Come on and climb up this ladder. But, you know, you got to make sure that you hand us the three picks so that we can figure out a way that right. we know what Detroit wants and we work together. Look, the, the problem with all of this is, it, one, I don't, the Bengals aren't going to do it. And two, Tua's injury makes it even more problematic because in order to make a trade that big and to go after a player of the importance of Tua, you're gonna you're gonna want to have your own people fine tooth comb him, and you know check out his health. And I don't know if that's possible right. uh, between now and the draft.
1: Yeah, I, I doubt it is, and and that's a great point. Um, are you worried generally about Tua? Because I, I tell you what, and I, I kind of feel like I learned my lesson, even though every guy is different, and and obviously. <laughs> This guy proved to be some type of physical specimen. But Adrian Peterson, I thought he was banged up a lot in college, and I thought uh, if he was banged up in college, he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to survive that long in the NFL. Obviously, that wasn't the case; he was fine. Um, but generally, if a guy's has been beat up in college, you tend to think he's going to have some problems in the pros. But I, I feel better about Tua now, and and I, I kind of feel you know, safe about him, you know, being a guy that, that you don't have to worry about getting hurt all the time in the NFL? Yeah. Um,
0: you know, look, there's one side of it that says, you know, Carson Wentz hurt in college, gets hurt in the pros. Deshaun Watson tore his ACL in college, tore his ACL yeah. in the pros. You know, he's had the, the collapsed lung, whatever. Um, I, I would be, I am concerned about Tua, and I'll tell you why. It's not just the injuries or the litany of them. Um, it's, he's not big. Yeah, he's, he's basically six feet tall. He's left-handed. And as much as you'd say, like, what's the big deal? There aren't any other left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL. There just aren't. You know, Des Bryant's the last left-handed touchdown thrower. That's it. You know? So, yeah, for- um, uh, and and then you throw in the he's been injured. Now, he's a spectacular talent. But all of, if you consider t- both ankle injuries and the hip injury, all of those injuries have been when college defensive linemen track him down. And if the college defensive lineman track you down and hurt you, what do you think the pros are going to do? Right. So yes, I I would be really really concerned. Um, but in trying to evaluate him versus other prospects, some of these guys are so sold on Tua that they're willing to overlook all of those warning signs. Right? Like this is one of those. It's like a, a car where you're like, all right, ankle injuries. Okay, that's when you popped a tire. Like that happens. It's not your fault. That there was something in the roadway. It happened twice. All right, you're just super unlucky. Now you hurt your hip. You're like, wow, that's, wow, that's, we got to really go under the hood here. And you're kind of young to be going under the hood. And it's a hip. And even though he's cleared for activities, there's still one more hurdle that a doctor will have to see in terms of making sure there's not what, what Bo Jackson had. Slight chance, right. but still we, right. we, we don't know. I do feel like we're, we're glossing over like, oh, he's fine now. Like, yeah, but he's been hurt a bunch and in a very short period of time.
1: It makes you wonder if he, and again, is this something Cincinnati's thinking about? Could he drop? I mean, drop like to 10, 11, you know, because of that, because teams aren't able to look at his medicals and have their own guy or not, not look at his medicals, but have their own guy examine him. Uh, that could be an issue because you're right. I mean, we've seen it in the past uh, in, in various sports where one team will pass a guy for a physical and another team won't. Another team will fail him. And so that's something too. So every team I imagine is going to certainly would like to have their own doctors look at him, but they won't. They're not going to get a chance. I, I I don't only feel confident that they won't get a chance to look at him. I'm pretty certain Teams won't get a chance to examine
0: him. Well, I mean, what it's close, what, what, they, what they maybe not their guy, but they'll be they'll send somebody over. Um, there are loopholes in this thing, you know. It's like all these facilities are shut down with the exception of rehab, so anybody who's had any sort of work done already can get in their facilities and train. I'm guessing that you can probably get a doctor, you know. You, you won't get a doctor to perform surgery, but you can get a doctor to either get on a flight or, or a neutral doctor at least to go and see and send you some films and check it out. If you're going to make an investment of this, like that's one of the things that these GMs are working through. They're doing all of it on, you know, online. And yep. they're, they're meeting and they're, they're doing face-to-faces with, with these players. And the question becomes how much can they do in terms of, uh, of of the doctors, of checking these guys out and and how they work through kind of all of the red tape that keeps them from doing what they normally normally do. I, I had virtual coffee with the GM over the weekend and he was like, look, that's like 25% of our work still won't won't get finished compared to how we normally do it, right? We don't have those extended, we don't have those pro days where we can go and really eyeball somebody. Right. So your scouts do become really valuable in that they've seen them, on the other hand, you know, you want to everybody wants to see a guy with their own eyes and you want to see your own numbers and see what a guy runs, because no matter how he looks on film and how good an interview he is, you know, take a cornerback for a second. You know, a cornerback may look faster on tape, but then you see him on a four, six, five. And there's like a two percent chance he makes in the league if he's running those kind of numbers. That's that's just based upon the history of the league.
1: No, there's no question about that. And and I think all, all of that is definitely legitimate. But I think the biggest minus of this whole situation for, you know, GMs and scouts is that, is the medical situation. Yeah. yeah. Not being able, that's that's the biggest. I, I think, you know, it, we it's interesting. We've heard guys, you know, from the old school talk about, hey, this is how we used to do it. You know, we didn't get all this information. And even today with all of the information, all of the, you know, in-person interviews and and. You know how they they just scour these guys' background and, and they know so much about them. You still have mistakes made. So while I get that I'd rather sit down with a guy, look him in the eye, get to study his body language, you know, things like that, I still think you can get a decent enough feel for a guy, obviously with the tape. I can watch a ton of tape, and you're right. It's not the same as having him run, you know, the 40. However, you know this, Doug, there are some guys that have football speed and there are some guys that are, that are faster on, in the 40. So there are guys that might not run a great 40 time, a la Jerry Rice, but on the field, they run faster, you know. So I think if you – watching the film is, is good, is fine – I think the Skype or Zoom or however they're going to do these video interviews with the prospects, I think that is adequate. So I don't think it's as, like, I get that, you know, this is not what we're used to now. The GMs, they're used to seeing these kids and really being able to, you know, cover every nook and cranny as far as scouting them. It's a little different now. However, I don't think it's that bad because every team is under the same situation. It's not like a few teams in the AFC have an advantage or 10 teams in the NFC or whatever. Everybody has the same rules. You still, with the technology, there's still a way to get plenty of information. Outside of the medical stuff, I still think they'll be pretty good. Uh,
0: the 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 on the tape and regular speed thing, I, I get it. It sounds good. I'm just, I'm telling you what the, the league, you know, speed and athleticism uh, is something that you just, you you can't the, the 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 tape may not lie, but neither does the stopwatch, and like that's like a time-tested deal where they just won't guys just there there's a there's a cutoff. I mean I know that we
1: love the 40, yeah. Right. I mean you you can't be running a 4-7, you know, <laughs> be a receiver. However, there is no question that there are some guys that have better football speed. Right. Right. Competi- you know, competitive,
0: and- you'd call it competitive speed. Competitive speed as well.
1: Right. I've always, now, I, you didn't play football. You played a little bit of football, Yeah, I right? played football. Coming up. Yes. Okay. Now, when you ran the 40, when I ran the 40, we always ran it with two guys. Because the feeling was that you would run faster right. in a race. Right. And it, it's always amazing. I mean, it's amazed me how these guys can run a four two four three. By themselves.
0: Yes, with no rabbit.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now you I imagine you did the same thing. You ran it with another with a partner, right? No,
0: actually that was the I think that was the hardest part of when I got to college, we ran forties. And I remember running it like the first, first one I ran, I ran, you know, like four six or four seven or something. And I I felt it, it was a, for a point guard that was a fairly slow time, I thought. <laughs> and I was like, it's so hard you when You
1: quickness though. That that's yeah, the but, four,
0: but forty yards is quick, is is is, is quickness. But I mean, eventually I got got lower when I got used to it. Um, but I remember the first time I ran it, that was the, that was the big thing in your mind, which is like, because when you're doing court sprints, there's almost always a, a guy to beat, right? Like right. I would always, right. me and another teammate would always try and win every court. So it, it felt like you could go faster. Um, yes, when there's, on the other hand, this is how it's done, right? It's just that you line yeah. up. They say go, you, you you know, goes it goes on your mark and you just kind of do it. I mean, it's less than five seconds of running as fast as you can. There's not not a whole a hell of a lot a whole lot to it. Alright, here, here's what I want to do. Coming up next, um, there are lots of ideas for how to bring back the NBA. Right, Lots of ideas. And we are told we are told in brainstorming sessions, there's no bad ideas. Not, not, no bad ideas. We'll just put them on the wall. I I, I think that statement has been challenged. We'll get to how and by who, and if it's <laughs> a bad idea. Know. That's upcoming next with Chris Start. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's been a starter on that offensive line, and now he's projected to be a first-round draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Andrew, how are you?
2: Hey, how you doing? I'm I'm good. Glad to be on the show.
0: Where where are you right now?
2: I'm in Athens currently. W-
0: what is this what is this like in terms of your ability to continue to train, uh, to be to to talk to teams? Like what, what is your daily uh d- daily business like?
2: Yeah, so I have a, a personal trainer um that has a connect at the gym that's closed down, but uh the owner lets me go in there, um, you know, making sure we're practicing social distance so you can have more than ten people in there. Uh, but going in there, you know, trying to stay in shape. And then as far as talking to the teams, I've been doing the Zoom calls and FaceTime uh, just to stay in contact.
0: What's your background in the Zoom calls? That's that's what we really want to know. When you're the Zoom, you can pick your own background. What's your background?
2: Uh, this is my first time doing it, actually. Um, I know for a lot of students, um, they're using that. Like a lot of my teammates uh, in Georgia, they said they're using that for classes and stuff. But this is my first time using it. <laughs>
1: Andrew, how disappointed are you, uh, or let me put it this way, how different do you feel it'll be for you to have the draft be done kind of virtually, and I guess mm-hmm. you'll be at home with some of your family. How much family will you have with you, and does it really put a damper on it, or are you still like, hey, I'm about to get drafted in the first round of the NFL, uh, this is still going to be a great day?
2: All right, at first, um, thinking about it, um, you know, it was a little disappointing because, you know, we've been training for this this moment of your whole life, um looking forward to it, but um at the same time I realize that, you know, I can only control what I can control. Um still have opportunity to get to, you know, follow my dream, play um for an NFL team and I'll get to experience that with my family regardless. So, um what more could you ask for?
1: How much family will you have around? Like I mean are you guys kind of trying to limit the number or or what's it gonna be like?
2: Yeah, it's definitely gonna be a limit a limit, uh, mostly immediate family and then Maybe, uh, you know, a couple of family friends.
0: Andrew Thomas joining us. Uh, if you remember the left tackle at Georgia who dominated Notre Dame, their last meeting, all that. same seemed like I was 71. I don't like that. I don't like that guy if you're a Notre Dame fan. Um, okay, so what, 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 is, what was the combine like for you in terms of your preparation? Um, you know, I mean, like, look, you work your entire – you're a guy who literally has worked your entire four-year career. You got all this tape. And yet, some of it comes down to your measurements, how you run, how you lift, how the combine go.
2: Yeah, so training for the our combine was um, a great experience. Being um, around guys, you know, trying to get to the same level as you, you know, they help push you, and it was a great um, opportunity for me. The actual combine experience was um, a dream come true. It was nothing like I, you know, envisioned it to be, but um, nevertheless, I took advantage of it. Um, I think I tested well. Um, I feel like I could have done a little better, but um, you know, pretty satisfied with it. Uh, we don't have pro day now, so I'm kind of you know stuck with those numbers. But um, like I said, it was a great opportunity uh, I had. Yeah, you no, know, it's a,
0: it, it's crazy. No pro day, right? No chance to uh, to to, re- to refine. Okay, so what did you think the combine would be like, and then how was it different from how you thought?
2: Yeah, so I knew there would be you know meetings and uh, things of that nature. Obviously, went on the field of testing, but. Um, I really didn't um understand that the, the medical part would be that extraneous. Um it's literally like, you know, seven to eight rooms full of team doctors uh, coming in, poking and prodding on you, uh just trying to, you know, see what's wrong with you, um, your MRIs, X rays, all that things, uh, just trying to make sure you know you're healthy and then I realized that, you know, we wouldn't get as much sleep. Like you you have meetings till uh, eleven to twelve at night and then you you know, up the next morning with something else to do. So um it was very busy but like I said I enjoyed the process.
0: Okay, so you wanted to get better numbers. Is it forty? Because was it forty time that you want to do better?
2: Yeah, I probably probably did the forty time a little better. Um I, I tested a little better when I was down there training. Um and I didn't, you know, perform as, as well as I thought I would, but um at this point, you know, I'm stuck with it. A lot of teams, especially for our position uh, focus, you know, on film and I felt like I put a a lot of good film on tape, so I should be fine.
1: Andrew, I've seen mock drafts with you going 14th to uh, Tampa Bay. Obviously, mm-hmm. they just got a new quarterback. <laughs> you mentioned in one of your answers previously a, a dream come true. Would it be a dream come true being able to block for Tom Brady?
2: Uh, definitely, um, he's he's the greatest of all time, and um, you know, I can learn so much from you know being on the team with with a leader like that, a guy that you know been around the system. For about as long as I've been alive, so um, you know that would definitely be a, you know a great opportunity to play
1: with them. Are you hoping to go there? Like, do you, would that be your number one choice?
2: Um, not really. I'm just I'm just open to, You know, anybody that wants to take me, um, I'm not really you know specific to any team. Whatever team uh, takes the chance I mean that's going to be the team you know I'm rooting for.
0: Yeah, I, I understand, but you've only been in the state of Georgia, right? Grew up in Georgia, played at Georgia, right? But, I mean. What What's the longest you've ever been really away from home?
2: Uh, the longest I've been away from home, probably probably training for the um, on I That's probably the longest time.
0: What was it like for you?
2: Um, it was different. Uh, I was down there in Florida. Um, tra- training, being away from my family. But, you know, coming back, it, it wasn't too bad of an adjustment. Um, my family, they understood, you know, I had work to do. And it was the same way for me. Um, I went back a couple times while training and come, come see the family's so wasn't too
0: bad. okay you you mentioned that there's a gym that shut down we don't want to mention it cuz we don't want to get the, we don't want the the feds right. coming in there and shutting it down is there is there a secret knock cuz that that's what they have they have these like almost like speakeasies from the 20s they have these gyms where you got to – is there a secret knock to or is the, do you have to go in the back door or do you have to cuz you're kind of a it's yeah. it's hard to be inconspicuous when you're 6'5 315 320
2: all right you got to you got to sneak in through the back and make sure nobody see you get in there <laughs>
1: That's it. Are, are there are are there a lot of guys doing you know a lot of pro athletes or about to be pro athletes doing this?
2: Uh, I talked to some of my um, some of my guys and a lot of them are still training. It's just like either they're doing it on their own or they're doing it at a facility where you know it's limited because as long as you know you have less than ten people, then you know you're, you're okay, depending on where you at.
0: You picked up uh, Broussard's uh, cleaning his attic. Uh, what are you doing with all this downtime? Like you, you know, you can't go out and hang out. What what what? You picked up any any new hobbies?
2: So yeah, I'm 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 starting to get on the gaming scene. Uh, I've been playing Call of Duty and stuff like that with my friends. Um, and then another big hobby for me is uh, playing the piano. <laughs> you good? Really? Yeah, I'm okay at it.
1: Now So did, have you, you? is that something you did growing up? So I
2: grew up um, in a musical musical family. Uh, I played drums. Like all my life, I was in a band, everything. And so when I went to college, I knew that you know, I couldn't do band anymore, obviously. And so I decided to transition over to the piano because the percussion notes, like the xylophone, marimba, stuff like that, it's the same notes more piano. So I decided to try to teach myself a little bit.
0: What was the band called that you that your your last band you were in? What was it called? Uh,
2: not like a not like not like a um, a band like a like singer. It's like a like in the band at my school. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All
1: right. I oh, so that. you were able to be in the band, yeah. and I guess during bat- after football season you did it.
2: So the, I did. I did band like the concerts and stuff um, all throughout the year at pep rallies. I'll be you know with the band with my jersey on and stuff like that. Um, obviously during the games I'll be with the football team. But yeah, I, I did all the concerts and stuff like that with the band.
0: If you were going to start a band, what kind of <laughs> music would you play in the band?
2: <laughs> what kind of music? I would probably say. Probably jazz or R and b Yeah. Okay. All
0: right, okay, but Joe. I mean can you imagine can you imagine can you imagine Andrew playing the piano, then hopping up and having a drum solo, just rocking out on a drum solo and you're like that now that's that's what you need to do when they call you on Zoom. You need to have like your headphones on, jamming on a drum solo. I'm like, oh hold on a second. Or do a little piano. I mean, who's not, sure. you, you play some piano and all those NFL GMs are in. They're like, I love this dude, he plays the piano. If nothing else, he'll be the best piano playing left tackle in the NFL.
2: Definitely, all so, all my meetings with so, the combines, all the teams wanted to hear about, you know, my family and music and all that stuff like that. So that's pretty good. I time. bet
1: that's good. Yeah. What what do you do? You listen to music like before the game, or with headphones, or anything like that? Yeah, I do. What? So what yeah, is it? What kind of music? So during the
2: game, I'm getting pumped up, so it's like more, um, you know, rap, hip hop type of deals. Like they get pumped up, but when I'm out on the field, I listen to, uh, I listen to gospel. R&B, um, a little, like, soul. Like, I listen to, you know, a lot of older artists and stuff like that. So, you
0: yeah. I can just imagine, like, in your headphones, having a Bluetooth in your ear, listening to gospel music and just dominating some, some defensive end, smacking them, <laughs> smacking, them, smacking, them, smacking them around. You good for toilet paper? You good for toilet paper, most important thing?
2: I'm good. My mama got me straight. All
1: right. Good, good, good enough. That double Are quiet. you taking, be honest, <laughs> are you taking some from the, uh, from the gym? Bringing us some with home with you every no,
2: day. I, it, it hasn't gotten to that yet, but if it needs to, I might have to uh, give you a few.
0: Byot, bring your own, bring your own, t- bring, bring your own toilet paper. Andrew, uh, best of luck in the upcoming draft. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Appreciate
0: All right, that's All right, uh, Andrew see. Thomas, University of Georgia, getting ready for the NFL draft. You miss any of the celebrity interviews this week from Mercedes AMG Man Cave? Just go to Dan Patrick app where you can watch and listen from inside Mercedes AMG Man Cave. Mercedes AMG driving. Performance with Chris Broussard. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Bro, you, you good for toilet
1: paper? I just want to make sure. I'm good. We, my wife stocked up. Like, I mean, we, we stay stocked. Yes, we stay stocked, so we didn't have to go out and bin shop or anything like that. Because, yeah, I mean, you really can't now. But uh, yeah, we're good. But you know, who knows how long this thing might go? Uh, you, you, you. Yeah, you, we're we're good. We did can. the
0: calculations. We're still we're still good for toilet paper, but. We could probably use another run here sometime. Sometime this week. All right. Coming up next, are there, is there such thing as bad ideas? Find out next.